Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the Team 980 and 95.9's NFL Draft Special, presented by GEICO. Here's your host, Al Galdi. The hurt doesn't show, but the pain is too Somewhere, Mike Tyson is doing the air drums to this song as we speak. I don't know if Mike's a Redskins fan or not. If he's not, he should be, because tonight is a big night for the burgundy and the gold, for the maroon, the black, and the yellow, if you're Jim Zorn. Whatever the case may be, it is great to be with you here. NFL Draft Night 2020, the first round due to begin in moments, virtually, but nonetheless, it is happening. Redskins with the second overall pick, and we expect the long-anticipated to finally be official over the next 15, 20, 25 minutes. The Redskins taking Chase Young with the number two overall pick. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media has tweeted within the last uh, hour, hour and a half, that the Redskins have been listening to trade offers, but they have decided to, predictably, stay at two and go ahead and take Chase Young. Uh, Cincinnati is, of course, expected to take Joe Burrow at one, and then that's really when the draft gets going. I mean, at, at that point, all bets are off, and, and that's going to be the fascination of this. I mean, if you're not a Redskins fan and you're saying, well, is there going to be drama tonight? Yeah, there is. There's just not going to be drama with the first two picks, but beyond those picks, where does Tua go? Does Herbert go before or after Tua? Do we get the trade up to number three? You know, there's been talk in recent days of Miami trading up to three, but not to take Tua, to take an offensive tackle. So how legit is that? Do the Giants trade down? Dave Gettleman, did you know this? He's never traded down in the first round of an NFL draft. So is that about to go down here? So all kinds of intrigue when it comes to that. For our purposes as Redskins fans, it may actually be an early night. You know, we'll see. I mean, it's possible the Redskins uh, somehow acquire another first-round pick, i.e. a trade of Trent Williams. That doesn't seem likely, but it is possible. Like we said last hour, we do remain on Trent Watch, so we shall, uh, shall see with that. But it's going to be a fascinating situation here. And, uh, you know, if you're, again, just from a non-Redskins standpoint, there is a lot of intrigue here. You know, it's said to be an offensive tackle-rich draft. So I know the projections of some have a run of offensive tackles happening. Uh, tonight, when you look at you know all the offensive tackle names that have been out there for months now, a guy like Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, you look at the kid uh, Jedrick Willis out of Alabama, people like that, you know, uh, Mackay Becton out of Louisville. So, you know, do they all go in the top 10, top 15? 
no, maybe not. But, you know, top 20, yeah, you know, there's a pretty good chance of something like that. And then we expect a run of receivers at some point. Man, the way the receivers have been talked about with this draft, this certainly feels, right, like one of the richer receiver drafts we've ever had. I mean, over the first two rounds, some of these mocks, it feels like they got, you know, 50 different receivers going over the first two rounds. So that's going to be interesting. You know, Redskins, we know they have a need at receiver. We know they went hard after Amore Cooper in free agency, offered him a ton of money, offered him Julio Jones-esque money per the reporting. He opted to take less money and stay with Dallas. But you wonder if the Skins had a second-round pick this year, would, in fact, receiver uh, be the way that they would be going? Although, remember, with most of these teams, they do do it best player available uh, instead of the need. And Julie Donaldson of NBC Sports Washington, she had it a few days ago. That is, in fact, going to be the Redskins' philosophy uh, with the draft here this year. So we are off and running in terms of the national draft coverage. The official ticking of the clock has not yet started, but uh, when Commissioner Goodell comes to his, I don't know, chair, couch, beanbag in his basement, wherever wherever he's sitting, uh, we're going to take you live to that and we'll listen in on the commission. There will be no live booing of Roger Goodell tonight, which has become one of my favorite parts of the NFL draft every year. But the NFL finally has decided to embrace this thing where every year Roger Goodell gets booed like, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan at his peak in the 80s in the WWF. So they've got the hashtag boo the commish going uh, this week for draft week. But, yeah, we'll take you to Goodell. You'll hear the announcement of the Bengals pick at one and then, of course, the Redskins pick at two. Kevin Sheehan's going to join me at 830, so we'll get his thoughts on everything going on with that. I guess while we have a few moments, let's talk a little bit about Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow, boy, I mean, can you recall a greater leap in stock of a collegiate quarterback than the one we just had with Joe Burrow? What's that, CJ? Let's go to the commission. All right, let's go to the commissioner. Roger Goodell is with us. For the first virtual NFL draft. This is different for us, and it's different for you, because it has to be. Our thoughts have been elsewhere lately. We have been thinking of those fighting bravely on the front lines and those whose lives have been profoundly changed by this unprecedented crisis. We marvel at the compassion and courage of our healthcare heroes and first responders. We appreciate our leaders and the men and women serving our country. Thanks to these heroes and to everyone who's done their part to help stop the spread. We will get through this together. And when we do, we will be here for you. As we celebrate the newest class of the NFL, we hope the draft will provide a break from everyday challenges. Let us dream of better days and help others. The Draftathon will raise awareness and much needed funding for those who need it most. For those able to help, we encourage you to visit nfl.com relief to join the NFL family and make a contribution. We are so fortunate to have the most passionate and generous fans in the world. And we thank you for helping to make the NFL what it is and for being part of our family. Many families have experienced loss. To honor and remember those we have lost, please join me in observing a moment of silence. Thank you. To perform the national anthem, we welcome from his home, with help from his daughter, Georgia, 
Grammy and Emmy Award winner. And All right, so that was some of the Commissioner Roger Goodell opening up the festivities. He was, it looked like, in his basement, standing up, wearing a sport coat and a blue dress shirt. Uh, he was not in a couch. He was not on a beanbag. He had a television behind him. He did not have, like, a Pamela Anderson Baywatch poster behind him either. So it was a more formal setting uh, for the Roger there. But uh, getting us going here uh, with the kind words regarding the pandemic. Uh, Like we said at the top here, we hope all of you listening are healthy. And if you're not, we hope that you are on the mend. And it's great to be with you here. It's a big night from a Redskins standpoint. That's obviously our principal focus. And uh, we're so glad we can at least uh, attempt to try to provide a distraction from Everything going on here. So as soon as the clock starts ticking, we will let you know. As soon as Goodell is ready to announce the Bengals selection of Joe Burrow, we will go to that. And then, of course, uh, all eyes and ears turn officially toward the Redskins and that number two overall pick. Going back, though, to Joe Burrow again, the leap from what he did in 2018 at LSU to what he did in 2019 at LSU, it's the turnaround of maybe all time. I mean, Joe Burrow this past season, it's not an over-exaggeration to say He had the greatest individual season in college football history, won the national championship, led LSU to a record seven wins over AP top 10 teams, won the Heisman Trophy, was otherworldly in the college football playoff, the national championship game, the win over Clemson, facing an elite Clemson defense. The guy goes 31 of 49 for 463, five touchdowns and no interceptions. He also ran for a touchdown. Uh, Burrow, for the season, broke the NCAA-FBS single-season records for touchdown passes with 60 touchdowns responsible for with 65. He had a completion percentage for the season of 76.3. I mean, the numbers are through the roof. LSU beat one great team after another. And, you know, Burrow, he benefited so much from the tutelage of LSU's first-year passing game coordinator, this guy Joe Brady, who's made the leap to the Carolina Panthers. So he's going to be working with Teddy Bridgewater for Ron Rivera's former employer. But man, Joe Burrow went from being, you know, he was okay in 2018 with LSU, but he was certainly nothing special. He had a completion percentage that season of sub 60. And he goes all the way up. I mean, his completion percentage, just that went up like 20 points this past season. It really is remarkable. And with the Tua injury stuff, Joe Burrow ended, ends up being the consensus number one quarterback in this draft, it, it really is instructive for all of us because, you know, there's what you perceive a draft class to be months out, maybe even a year out. And then there's what the draft class ends up being. A year ago, it would have been unthinkable for really anyone other than Tua Tungavailoa to be the top quarterback in this draft. And nobody was saying Joe Burrow. And yet here we are tonight and everyone on the planet expects Burrow to be the top pick. It just it shows you how much stuff can change. You know, it's not like this is the first time we've seen this. Kyler Murray uh, was not seen going into the 2018 college football season as being the stud he ended up being. So, you know, you never know what's certainty with this kind of a thing. And, you know, it's just kind of funny now because what do we say right now about the 2021 NFL draft, right? Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence is going to be the top quarterback. You sure about that? You know, like, I mean, right now it feels that way, but just things can change. It's so interesting how that can be. And, you know, just as a side note, going back to Joe Brady, this guy, and he's a young guy too. He was a grad assistant at Penn State just a few years ago. Joe Brady is not some, you know, long-time white-haired college football coach. Like, he just got going, basically, in his coaching career. Uh, How about the fast track that guy's been on? And we'll see what he ends up providing uh, to Teddy Bridgewater there with Matt Rule uh, in that Panthers rebuild. 
You know, I know it's come up of what if the Bengals went with Chase Young at one? Would the Redskins have gotten Joe Burrow at two? Uh, Certainly doesn't feel like we're going to be finding something like that out tonight. Would be so interesting, though, wouldn't it be? I mean, it, it <laughs> that would have been the ultimate test of what do the Redskins truly think they have in Dwayne Haskins and to what extent truly is Ron Rivera in on Dwayne Haskins. And also, yes, to what extent truly can Ron Rivera do as he pleases at quarterback uh, had Joe Burrow been a true option at number two that's not going to end up being. Now, look, if Chase Young was not an option, I would be open to taking Burrow at number two personally because I do think he's going to be a very good quarterback. And if you have certainty about one guy and you're still uncertain about another guy, even if you just spent a first-round pick on the other guy, that should not preclude you from taking the guy you like better. I really do believe that. I think what the Arizona Cardinals did with Kyler Murray took guts, but I thought it made sense, and at least so far it looks to be so good. I mean, Josh Rosen, and how about that, by the way, a year ago at this time, right? Remember we were talking about – Uh, the Redskins potentially trading for Josh Rosen. Uh, Rosen, of course, flopped in his second NFL season uh, this past year with Miami. And Kyler Murray maybe wasn't great with Arizona, but he was pretty good. And he's obviously with a head coach in Cliff Kingsbury with whom, you know, they're on the same page and and the offense is tailor-made for a guy like Kyler. And we'll see what he ends up being, but he certainly showed uh, an ability to play the position this past year. You've got to get that position right. I, I know it's not like, in absolute that you have to have an elite quarterback to win a championship. The Broncos won that 2015 season Super Bowl with Peyton Manning was awful that year. But by and large, you need very good quarterback play to go deep in the playoffs, right? Maybe you don't need an elite quarterback, but you, for the most part, usually need really good quarterback play. Nick Foles, when he led the Eagles to the Super Bowl, no, he's not an elite quarterback, but he provided elite quarterback play in that playoff run. Joe Flacco, no, he's not an elite quarterback, although I know that became the big conversation, but in that Ravens playoff run in the 2012 season, he provided elite quarterback play. Even Jimmy Garoppolo, I know the Niners largely rode their running game and defense in the postseason this past year, but if you look at what the Niners did during the regular season, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was, you know, Tony Banks on the 2000 Ravens. Like, Garoppolo was good. You know, and in and, and a lot of the games, and I, I looked at some of this stuff, it was Garoppolo in the first half getting the Niners to a lead, and then the Niners in the second half riding their running game to preserve the lead. So, you know, nothing is 100% true all the time in the NFL, but by and large, you need high-level quarterback play. And so if you get that position right, so much more can fall into place. So, yeah, I would have been open to the Redskins doing Burrow at number two, but that's not going to be uh, an option tonight, and uh, it's going to be Chase Young, and uh, we're hoping to get this thing going here in just a few minutes. Now, you know with the Redskins at quarterback, the Jordan Love thing has come up. Uh, there was the report from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN a few Saturdays ago that the Redskins were among the teams doing varying levels of homework uh, on Jordan Love. Jordan Love is the Utah State quarterback. Uh, the projections for him tonight are all over the place. you got some people saying, he could end up being, I don't know, like a top 15 pick, maybe maybe top 10. I don't think that, but, you know, some of the mocks have him like top 15. You've got other mocks that have had him like all the way down in the 20s, maybe even not in the first round. So all kinds of variants when it comes to Jordan Love. Uh, certainly doesn't appear like the Redskins will be getting him tonight, you know, unless, again, they somehow get a first rounder for Trent Williams or somehow else. But Jordan Love is interesting. In 2018, 32 touchdown passes versus just six interceptions. This past season, as a redshirt junior at Utah State, he led the FBS 17 interceptions 
versus just 20 TD tosses. Uh, the comp has been Patrick Mahomes just from a standpoint of a, he's a guy who can run around and create things. Jordan Love, it feels like he's either going to be great or he's going to be awful, you know, and, and you kind of had that the last two years. Great in 2018, not very good this past season. The only player in the common draft era, that's since 1967, to lead the FBS in passes intercepted in his final season, including bowl games, and get drafted in the first round is Dan Marino. So pretty good company to be a part of, I guess. But it's not often that something like that happens. And with Jordan Love, too, you know, a lot of people thought he would graduate transfer to a Power 5 program. He did not do that. He interestingly opted to go into the draft uh, for this year. And uh, we'll see if he ends up uh, being taken tonight or not. But that's going to be an interesting storyline, too, tonight. How many quarterbacks end up going uh, in this first round? Is Jordan Love someone who ends up going, or does he have to wait until night number two. So we are awaiting the official start of the first round. The draft broadcasts have begun. We are now just awaiting the start of the ticking of the clock. Ten minutes between picks is how this has been depicted. So we would anticipate the Redskins being on the clock. There you go. Here's uh, some of uh, they're booing Goodell right now. The boos are good. Oh, we got the boos. Let's yes, hear I can hear you from my basement. So keep it coming. Lastly, the best part of the draft is that it restores hope and generates optimism because every team gets better through the draft. So good luck to every team, and let's get it started. It's now my honor to announce that the first ever virtual NFL draft is officially open. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. All right, so here we go, and as soon as the pick is in, we will take you back uh, to the telecast of the draft, and we'll listen in on the announcement of the pick and then some of the analysis of what ends up going on here. Yeah, the virtual booing I did not think came across too well. Uh, I don't think – could we even hear it? I couldn't hear it uh, over my headsets here. I know Roger, he turned toward the television screen in his basement, and they had some, you know, like uh, Zoom-like boxes of different people booing, but uh, it's too contrived. So you need the real thing, man. The, the, the recent drafts, you had a 2017 draft in Philly, a 2018 draft at Jerry World down in Texas. That was great. The way those fans, and I hate praising Eagles and Cowboys fans, but they were merciless in booing the Roger on those draft nights. So that, that's become a great tradition. It, it's only taken about 15 years, but finally the NFL has sort of smartened up to this, and uh, they're starting to accept it here. So uh, we got the, uh, the living room shot of Joe Burrow in the Plains, Ohio. He is sitting on his living room couch, sandwiched between his mommy and his daddy, and it looks like uh, it's just the three of them in that living room. So he's awaiting what has been anticipated for a while here. Uh, Joe Burrow, we will see what he becomes, of course, but this has been the consensus number one projected overall pick for a while. Uh, the Bengals, it's not like they've been starving for great quarterback play. Carson Palmer was a good Bengals quarterback. Uh, Andy Dalton has had some success, but of course you haven't had the deep playoff run. And of course with the Bengals, you have had some really bad seasons here lately. You've got the new offensive-minded coach in Zach Taylor uh, coming off his first season. Bengals were not good this past season, as we saw. Uh, presumably, they're going to be trading Andy Dalton. That's the way that's been, uh, this has been depicted, although Dalton, as things stand right now, uh, is still on Cincinnati. And Juro, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be the guy. I saw a tweet today from someone, I forget who it was, saying that the Bengals view Joe Burrow as a potential culture changer. You know, that's become a very popular word uh, in NFL vernacular, right? Culture. I feel like uh, our guy, Brucifer, did a good job of popularizing it here 
uh, in these parts. But yeah, I mean, you get Burrow, that can change everything. You know, I always go back to 2012 with our Redskins. That team, that offense, that season with Robert did so many great things. And you look at who he was playing with. That's why I get a kick out of some of the stuff of like, you've got to surround the quarterback with great skill position, guys. Some guys you do, but if a guy can truly do it, you don't. You know, in 2012, remember, who was Robert throwing to? He was throwing to Leonard Hankerson. And he was throwing to Aldrick Robinson and Logan Paulson. Remember, because Fred Davis got hurt that year. And yes, the Skins had signed Pierre Garçon in the offseason going into that season. But Pierre missed half that season, remember, with a toe injury. You know, you had Santana Moss, but he was, you know, on the downside of his career at that point, although he had a really good year that year. But the point is, the great quarterback can make everyone around him look a whole lot better. You know, so if you are, that's one of the things I always come back to with Haskins. If Haskins is the guy we want him to be, we think he can be, Dwayne Haskins isn't going to need, you know, four great receivers and three great tight ends, you know, in a dominant running game. Like if Haskins is a true franchise quarterback, he's going to need some things to work with. And of course, you want to surround him with as many good pieces as possible. But the great quarterbacks don't need that. The great quarterbacks will elevate those around them. And if Joe Burrow is the culture changer that the Bengals apparently think he can be or will be, then Joe Burrow uh, will be able to do that. We'll see uh, with Cincinnati. So a little more than six minutes to go on the clock. Again, 10 minutes between selections. Cincinnati on the clock on this night one of the 2020 NFL Draft. It is great to be with you. We are brought to you by Window Nation. After Cincinnati, of course, comes our Redskins. And then after that uh, comes Detroit. And like we said, it is at number three that that's where we feel like the draft is really, truly going to get going. Got this tweet from Mark. He says, I'm actually excited. We are getting Chase Young. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And it's uh, said to be coming here in just a few minutes. Uh, El Leon says, oh, my God, Al, I had totally forgotten your chosen Rosen push this time last year. You wanted to give up two second-round picks. Huge miss on that one. Did I say that? Maybe I did say that. I was on board with the Redskins trading for Rosen. Uh, the way things look right now, uh, thankfully, they did not do that. You are correct about that. So, uh, yeah, Josh looked like a mess. Although, you know, playing for what? Arizona, year one, Miami, and year two. Um, he has not been in the best of situations. But, yeah, when, when you flop with two teams in two years, it's not a great start to your career. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And with Dwayne, whatever you think about him, the way he played over his last two games last season against the Eagles and against the Giants, he played well. And I give him a lot of credit, and I know it's just two games, and it really in a lot of ways was a game and a half because he suffered the ankle injury in that penultimate game of the Redskins season. But he demonstrated an ability to play. He ended the season on a high note. You know, he, he left you wanting more, like Costanza in Seinfeld. And so that was a great way for the rookie year to end and it hopefully is, is the kind of thing that portends to what will be coming from Dwayne Haskins in 2020. Under five minutes now are we until the Bengals have to officially announce their pick. It's always kind of funny. Like, you know the pick. Why don't you just announce the pick? Well, you never know what kind of whacked-out trade offer may be coming. So that does you no harm in waiting the thing out. Remember the Redskins? I forget who it was. I think it might have been the Iraq post-election where they rushed to the podium they rush the selection in, and it's like, you should always wait. You should always wait. Milk the clock. It doesn't cost you anything, and you just you never know what's going to come up. So, you know, take your time. See if another team is going to make you an offer you can't refuse. But otherwise, yeah, you know, whether you make the pick at the 10-minute mark or with, you know, 20 seconds left, it's, it's all the same, you know. So let the thing uh, milk down 
and see what ends up happening. You know, it's interesting, too, with this NFL draft. It's sort of a tag team effort between ESPN and NFL networks. That's been kind of cool to see, uh, you know, like Daniel Jeremiah appearing on ESPN, uh, that sort of a thing. You, you may have caught the news earlier today of Todd McShay uh, not being a part of ESPN's coverage tonight. Todd McShay going public today uh, that he has been recovering from the coronavirus. So, you know, scary news there. He seems to be doing all right with it, but uh, I don't believe that had been reported anywhere. That kind of came out of nowhere, it felt like, today. So uh, I like McShay. I think he's one of the better guys. But uh, you got, uh, you know, Jeremiah's on this thing. Burger McFarland's on this thing. Lewis Riddick, et cetera. So all the big wigs are out, and uh, we'll be sending you back to the, uh, the dual coverage coming up in just a bit as soon as the Roger is ready to uh, put his shirt and pants back on in his basement and get in front of the camera and uh, give us the official declaration of what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing. So to take you through the top 10, it's Cincinnati 1, Redskins 2, Detroit 3, Giants at 4, Miami at 5, Chargers at 6, Carolina at 7, Arizona at 8, Jacksonville at 9, and then Cleveland is in at 10. And like we said earlier, Cleveland at 10, from a Redskins perspective, if the Browns stand pat at 10, that's where things are going to really get interesting with the Trent Williams situation. Do the Browns go offensive tackle there or not? If they do, then that obviously would seemingly take a potential Trent Williams landing spot off the board. Now, if the Browns go off the board, does that mean the Redskins aren't trading Trent over the next few days? No. You know, it doesn't have to be to the Browns, but that's been the team that probably most consistently has come up. So I would think the Redskins, you know, if you're Ron Rivera, if you're Kyle Smith, you're rooting for the Browns not to go offensive tackle at 10 tonight and at least they'll have them in the mix here. You know, you've heard about the Jets maybe being a player player for Trent, although it's been really mixed on that whether the Jets are really in on Trent or not. Um, it was interesting. Les Carpenter of the Washington Post had a report within the last 24 hours. He mentioned the Eagles. He said Philadelphia was a, a potential trading partner for the Redskins for Trent Williams. Although pro football talk pretty quickly refuted that this morning. Uh, Minnesota's a team that has come up uh, for Trent Williams. So we'll see here. This has always been a danger, though, for me with the Skins and Trent. It's an offensive tackle rich draft. You're going to have less offensive tackle needy teams coming out of this draft, right? Because once you get through tonight, you figure to have fewer potential suitors for Trent. That's why I always felt like there was an urgency to get the Trent deal done prior to this draft. Uh, clearly, that did not happen, but it doesn't mean that a trade uh, can't be happening you know, maybe to late tonight or early Here tomorrow or certainly going into it. All right, let's go to the Roger right now. The first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. All right, can we listen on some of the analysis? Are they going to give us some of that? Dad, and you have to wonder what's going through his mind right now. Remember, when he entered the transfer portal, he said one more time he wanted to go to Nebraska, and Scott Frost, the coach, said, is he better than what we got? Uh, the answer is yes. Mel Kuyper, what do you like most about Joe Burrow's game? I'll tell you what, the improvement was so dramatic, and you were a little cautious early on, Trey, because this is a sixth-round pick going into the year, and all of a sudden, you see this guy putting up big numbers, he looks like he's got it, he's going to incorporate every receiver into the mix, they got everything going, and you start moving him up to the third round, second round, I drew comparisons to Tony Romo, then it became Tom Brady, then you get late in the season after you won the Heisman Trophy, and you say, boy, now the pressure's on, this is championship or bust for LSU, and he didn't blink, he got behind, yeah, I don't 
struggle in the Clemson game early, and then all of a sudden lights out. Again, Joe Burrow's poise, his confidence, the way he manipulates the pocket, he just has that it factor. He has tremendous awareness. He slips, he dips, stays away from trouble, and then makes those accurate strikes down the field. Joe Burrow put together the best season I can ever remember a college quarterback having. As I said, you talk about the elite competition he faced, seven opponents that were combined 77 and 18. That's 77 and 11 if you take those losses to LSU out of it. So this is a guy that every step of the way played above and beyond what anybody could have expected based on what we saw two years ago. I think his improvement was not only dramatic, it was historic, and I don't think we'll ever see it again, Trey. All right, Mel Kuyper Jr. with his analysis of the official first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. It is Joe Burrow, and the Redskins are on the clock. My friends, we all suffered through 3-13. and 13. We all suffered through one of the uglier Redskins seasons uh, in our memory in 2019. The rewards of our suffering about to come to fruition here. We are about six minutes away from the Skins being due on the clock to hand in what we all expect to be the Chase Young selection. And uh, we'll be bringing you the live announcement of that from Roger Goodell coming up uh, in moments here. It is exciting to finally have this year. The Chase Young pick is about to be coming in. You know, the Redskins, they have had some recent top five picks. Uh, you go back to 2012. That was the last one with Robert at number two. But prior to that, 2010, Trent Williams at number four. Uh, 2004, Sean Taylor at number five. Remember in 2000, you had LeVar Arrington at number two, Chris Samuels at number three. So this isn't that foreign over the last 20 years. I mean, definitely in recent years, you haven't been in the top five, but you had a bunch 2000 to 2012. You go back to the 90s, remember, you had Michael Westbrook in 95. He was the number four pick. Heath Schuler in 94, number three pick. Desmond Howard in 92, number four pick. As you can see, they don't all work out. You know, they're, they're not all slam dunk successes. I mean, Robert, after a great initial year, ended up being a miss. You know, LaVar was pretty good for a few years, but then faded. Michael Westbrook was mostly a miss. Heath Schuler was a giant miss. Desmond Howard had an NFL career, but it was not here. The top five picks that have worked, Trent Williams. I know it sounds kind of funny now, but... As a number four overall pick in 2010, that was a hit. I mean, you cannot take that away from Trent. And Sean Taylor, number five in 2004, that his career was as short as it was, of course, had nothing to do with him as a player. But that was an absolute hit. Chris Samuels at number three in 2000 would be another big top five draft pick hit for the Redskins uh, in quote-unquote recent times. But these are the picks. You know, you want to hit on all your first rounders. But good God, right? Number two overall pick. That's got to be a perennial all-pro for you. You know, and it's almost, I know it's a high standard, but it's like, if you don't do that, then what's the point here? Chase Young is being drafted by the Redskins to be a stud, to be a man who elevates those around him, to be the leader of what is hopefully a dominant defense for the Redskins for the first time in a long time. The pick is in. We will be taking you to Roger Goodell coming up in seconds to announce what we have long anticipated, the DeMatha Catholic High School product, the Ohio State phenom, Chase Young, about to become a Washington Redskin uh, with this selection coming up in mere moments here. Great to be with you, Al Galdi. Coming Today's to Horoscope brought to you by home for the Skins, the Team 980. We are brought to you uh, by Window Nation. Uh, Roger Goodell is coming up in moments, and it will be official. And finally, all the speculation can stop. All the pitter-pattering can stop, and we can finally start to talk about uh, Chase Young being a part of the Redskins and Chase Young being a part of a defensive front that hopefully is about to lead the Redskins to all kinds of great things. 
Look, quarterback, nothing matters more than that position. But edge rusher, I think if you're ranking like positions of importance in the NFL, I think edge rusher is number two. You know, I know some people say left tackle. There's certainly an argument to be made for that. But you have a great edge rusher. What that can mean, what that can do for you, it's, it's the closest thing you have to quarterback on defense in terms of the impact of that singular position. You know, the ability for that position, that kind of great player, to take everyone else around him and make him better. And that's what you hopefully are about to get here with Chase Young. Chase Young, uh, for most people, is the number one player in this draft. Chase Young, for most people, is the best edge rushing prospect in years. You know, it kind of varies with how people say it, but uh, Nick Bosa was highly regarded. He was not talked about the way Chase Young's been talked about. And that doesn't mean that Chase will be better than Nick Bosa, but the hype for this guy, you know, Vaughn Miller was highly regarded. He wasn't talked about like this. You know, Khalil Mack had a lot of people praising him coming into the NFL. Mack wasn't talked about like this. You know, and again, the talk does not mean anything. It doesn't promise anything, but it just kind of shows you when you've got that kind of ability and potential and athleticism and, you know, the physical gifts in conjunction with the right attitude and the right work ethic, it's very hard to pass on that. And what you don't want to be is the dopey team that passes on that, you know. We're all watching the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary on ESPN, and they take you through this past Sunday night the whole Sam Bowie scenario in that, uh, you know, the, what, the 84 draft, right? You don't, you don't want to be Portland, okay? You want to be Chicago. You don't want to be the team that said no thank you to a guy who ends up being a stud, who ends up dominating for years to come. We all like to be smart and sound smart. Sometimes the simple thing is the right thing. Sometimes the easy thing is exactly the way uh, that you need to go here, and it sure looks like that's what is going to end up being the case for the Redskins. Chase Young now being shown on television uh, in his living room, surrounded by family and friends on a couch, on his cell phone, talking presumably to Ron Rivera. Uh, he's got his sunglasses on, so it's hard to read a facial expression, but uh, I would think it's good news, you know? And, and I would think the conversation isn't, what'd you have for dinner tonight, Chase, you know? Or what's your latest Instagram story looking like? Like, no, I would think the conversation uh, is a little heavier than that, is a little more significant uh, than that, and uh, we will be bringing you Roger Goodell uh, hopefully momentarily here, and we'll get the official announcement. Don't forget Kevin Sheehan going to be joining me coming up uh, in just a few moments, and we'll talk about uh, what the Redskins have done. And then we start, you know, sort of sitting back and enjoying the draft and seeing if anything develops with Trent Williams. Like we said, seeing what happens at number 10 with the Cleveland Browns. Do they do anything uh, in terms of an offensive tackle? And just kind of take it from there. Like we said, it's, it's a, a, you know, not a heavy drama night for the Goodell. Redskins, but it still is a, a significant night. All right, let's Second go to Roger Goodell. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. Congratulations, Chase. So there you see Chase, a very, very happy young man, a team captain in the nucleus of that defense that allowed the fewest total yards per game in the nation last season. Uh, I guess. Crab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does because Chase Young, born in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, second straight year that Washington has gone the Maryland route for a first-round pick, tweaking Dwayne Haskins. Uh, there played with NBA number one overall pick Markel Fulce at one point. Dwayne Haskins grew up about 27 miles away uh, from where the Redskins 
train and Chase Young about 55 miles from the Redskins practice facility in Ashburn, Virginia. So we are clearly seeing a pattern. Booger, Chase Young was a dominant force. We talked about the sacks that he was able to get at Ohio State. What is Washington getting in Chase Young? Well, quite simply, Frey, they're getting the best player in this entire draft. He can affect the game, not only on first and second down, setting the edge, playing the run, but he can also be a dominant pass rusher on third down. You want to overset him as an offensive tackle? I have the agility to come inside, and he learned that at Ohio State from one of the best defensive line coaches in America, Larry Johnson. Got to give him a lot of love for what he's done the last few years with the Bosa brothers and now Chase Young. But you're getting a guy who can be a Hall of Fame type player. Bill Polian once said, when you draft guys in the top 10, they have to be worthy of wearing a gold jacket. And this young man, Chase Young, he definitely is a versatile defensive end that can play the left side or the right side. And if you're the Redskins, Montez Sweat on the right side, now Chase Young on the left side, you have a very, very good pair of bookends. And now we start cooking with gas, people. Now we can start seeing what can truly be becoming here. Chase Young is the number two pick in the 2020 NFL Draft by the Redskins. The long-anticipated, the long-expected now is official, and I don't know of any Redskins fan who's disappointed by this. You may have said to yourself, well, I wish they would have traded it. Okay, fine. But is anyone saying to him or herself right now, well, I don't know about this Chase. I don't know if that's the guy they should have gone with at number two. Chase Young is an edge-rushing prospect, the likes of which we maybe have never had. And he is now property of the Redskins. He is coming to play for the Redskins. And we will see what his presence ends up meaning to this football team. Hit me up on Twitter, at Al Galdi. You can always email me, algaldi, or radio-one-one.com. It is our exclusive coverage of the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Up next, Kevin Sheehan will join me, and we'll get his thoughts on what the Redskins have done and what may be coming with Chase Young, now officially part of Redskins Nation. We're coming right back on 95.9 FM, 980 AM, and the Team 980 app. Professional football in America is a special game. A unique game. Played nowhere else on earth. It is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. It's the Team 980 and 95.9's NFL Draft Special. Presented by GEICO. Here's your host, Al Galdi. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. It is official. Chase Young, now a member of the Redskins. I guess I got to get him signed, but you get the idea. The draft selection has been made. Chase Young, as expected, going number two overall to the Redskins moments ago on this night one of the 2020 NFL Draft. A big night for you and me as Redskins fans. It is great to be here with you live and local are we. Now, uh, during our break, another pick was made. Detroit went with the Ohio State corner, Jeffrey Okuda, at number three. So back-to-back Buckeye selections uh, in this top three. It was, of course, Joe Burrow going number one uh, to Cincinnati. Giants are on the clock, a little more than five minutes to go with their selection time. Each team is getting 10 minutes uh, to go here in terms of between picks. Actually, you think about it, all three guys are ex-Buckeyes in some form or fashion, right? Joe Burrow transferring from Ohio State to LSU. So you go Burrow 1, Chase Young 2, and Dokuda at 3. Uh, Kevin Sheehan, we'll get to him coming up in moments. Why don't we, you know, we want to keep it here, CJ, until the Giants pick, and then we'll go to Kevin? 
All right, why don't we go ahead and do that? So Giants are up at four. Like we said, a lot of talk of the Giants potentially trading down. Dave Gettleman, uh, over his time running the Panthers, and now, of course, more recently, the Giants, uh, never having traded down in a first round. There's been a lot of talk that uh, he might do that finally this year. There's been a lot of talk that he should do that this year. We'll see what ends up happening. Of course, there's also been conversation. Maybe the Giants go offensive tackle at number four. Uh, our pal Ben Standig, uh, mock draft national champion, Redskins insider for the Athletic DC. I know he mocked Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa offensive tackle, uh, going to the Giants at four. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, no trade-up yet in terms of a trade-up for Tua or a trade-up for Justin Herbert. Detroit ended up standing pat at three and taking the corner in Jeffrey Okuda. And the Redskins, of course, get their guy in Chase Young. Just saw this tweet from Dr. David Chow, the pro football doc. Uh, he wrote regarding Chase Young, two minor ankle sprains, a game changer with clean medical history. Yes, again, like there are no negatives with Chase Young. Everything that has been perceived about him, everything you read about him, you hear about him, like there's no major nit to pick. So it's, you know, even like with this, you know, two minor ankle sprains, that's it. It's not like there was some torn ligament at one point or a separated shoulder or as best as I've heard a concussion history or anything like that, like nothing has been there with Chase Young. So many big names uh, are expected to be going off the board as this first round progresses too. Of course, the quarterbacks, right, two and Herbert. You still have the uh, the defensive switchblade, right, Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. You have the guy who might be the surest thing in this draft, Derek Brown, the stud defensive tackle out of Auburn. He might be... I mean, I know Chase Young is viewed this way too, but in terms of like plug and play and be great from day one, that might be Derek Brown as much as anyone in this draft. I mean, nobody knows with certainty, but you know, that's a guy to be thinking about here. I know some have mocked him going seven to Carolina. We'll see with that. You've got all the offensive tackles. We mentioned Wirfs, uh, Andrew Thomas, the kid out of Georgia, Jedrick Willis, the kid out of Alabama. Uh, of course, this is a receiver-rich draft. I don't, you know, not too many receivers were projected to go say, in the top uh, five or six. But, you know, you think about Jerry Judy out of Alabama, C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma, the other kid out of Bama, Henry Ruggs III. So still a lot of known names to certainly hardcore football fans and even, like, you know, more casual uh, college football fans uh, in terms of names to be following. And like we said, from a Redskins perspective now, I think a lot of the focus shifts to Cleveland at 10 and do the Browns do offensive tackle at 10? Do the Browns effectively remove themselves from the Trent Williams sweepstakes uh, at 10, or do the Browns go in another direction? And if so, that would seemingly be an indication that Cleveland still is in the mix uh, when it comes to trading for Trent Williams. Now, would we get a Trent Williams trade tonight? Not necessarily, but the actions of the Browns could tell us a lot tonight in terms of uh, what they're going to do. Tweet from Mike, he says, can we petition the league so he, as in Chase Young, can wear number two? I wish. I wish the NFL was more liberal with what numbers guys could wear, but no, Chase did an Instagram live chat with, I think, Under Armour the other day. He said 99 would be his preferred number, so we'll see if that ends up happening. 99 was Caleb Brantley's number uh, this past year, so I would think they could work something like that out, but we'll see what ends up happening. But no, it doesn't feel like number two uh, will end up being the number uh, for Chase Young. Brent on Twitter says, we are ready, and what Jack Del Rio can do with this guy, left end, right end, who knows, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I mean, you're gonna. It's, it's, we just said plug and play with Derek Brown. It's plug and play. We hope with Chase Young. You know, put him in there and let him go. Presumably, your other starting edge rusher will be Montez Sweat. We know Ron still very much wants Ryan Kerrigan as part of the mix. 
you know, I, I guess it is possible, like a Jonathan Allen could maybe play some some edge rusher. I mean, there's all kinds of configurations you can come up with when it comes to the defensive front. But the idea, of course, is you can never have too many pass rushers. The idea, of course, is the more guys you can have in there to pressure quarterbacks, put quarterbacks under duress, the better. And with Chase Young, it's what he can do. It's also what hopefully he's going to allow others to do around him. The Giants pick at number four is in, so we'll bring that to you momentarily with Roger Goodell, and then we'll go uh, right to Kevin Sheehan and get his thoughts on what the Redskins have done and, you know, perhaps what may be coming later tonight uh, with a potential trade uh, of Trent Williams. So we shall see. So with the Giants, you know, they've missed the playoffs seven of the last eight seasons. Of course, they would figure to feel like they're, if not set at quarterback, then at the very least have a guy in Daniel Jones who showed promise last year. Pat Shermer fired as head coach. Joe Judge hired as head coach. Probably the more most surprising uh, head coach hiring uh, of the coaching cycle this past offseason, right? The guy was the New England Patriots special teams coach being hired to become the New York Giants head coach. He's a guy who's well thought of, but I mean, it's, it's not the kind of thing you see often where a guy goes from a largely unknown special teams coordinator elsewhere, even at an elite program like the Pats, and then becomes a head coach like this. But, you know, that's what the Belichick tree uh, can end up meaning here. And, you know, with the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones will be going into year two. Saquon Barkley will be going into, what, I guess it will be year three for him. And like we said, they've missed the playoffs a bunch. You know, it used to be like the Giants, you know, the, the peak years under Coughlin and, you know, with Eli. Like, they were a perennial playoff team or a team that at the very least was in the mix. You have not had that here in recent years with the Giants. And Gettleman, there's been a ton of heat on him. You know, Gettleman, people still do question the Jones pick, although, you know, Jones at times looked really good last year. A lot of people still question the Saquon pick. Not that Saquon isn't good. We know that he is. But the idea of spending a top five pick on a running back and as productive as Saquon has been when healthy, what has it meant from a wins-losses standpoint? You know, and I think there's a lot of validity to that. Like, okay, it's great he can break tackles. Okay, it's great Goodell. he can inflict damage. Goodell. But these backs, they don't lead to Goodell. winning all the time. Here we go, Roger Goodell. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Andrew Thomas, tackle, Georgia. All right, so the Giants do go offensive tackle at four. They go with Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle at Georgia. All right, now we go to our guest hotline. We welcome on the host of the Kevin Sheehan Show. He, of course, will be on tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, with all of his reaction to what has gone down tonight. Kevin Sheehan, good enough to give us some time here. Kevin, good evening, my friend. How you doing? What's up, Al? That was a surprise, actually, right there, Andrew Thomas, because all the talk was about Worfs um, or Wills, and they went with Thomas, who, you know, I, I was talking, I forget, I think it was Casserly maybe who said, he's actually the one that's ready to play right away, where the other guys maybe have more long-term, you know, upside potential, but that's, that's the first twist here already. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Thomas going number Not four. Not that they the Giants, took his that they took him. Yeah, yeah. Bengals go Burrow at one. Lions go Akuda at three. And, of course, our Redskins go Chase Young at two. As a lifelong Redskins fan, are you excited? Are you, like, cautiously optimistic? What, what's the feeling inside Kevin Sheehan right now when it comes to Chase Young? I, I mean, I am excited. You know, you, you and I were sort of in, in sync, you know, towards the end of the year where, you know, a lot of the people that we would talk to and interact with wanted, you know, the skins to win division games against the Eagles and the Giants <laughs> and the Cowboys. And I'm like, no, Chase Young is 
you know, and apparently people have a problem with this description, but he is a generational pass rushing talent and winning just one of those games would have essentially meant that you wouldn't have gotten, you know, this guy and he probably would have gone to the Giants. So, you know, think about that for those of you out there next time late in a, in a three win season want you know you, you want the skins to, to to win a division game it, you, that would have been the worst thing that could have happened to this team Al, they got you know they got a guy that you know you watch college football i watch college football he is one of those legit game wreckers you know at the college level and it looks like at the nfl level and we've seen a few of them in recent years and you know and if he becomes the next one they'll have their best defensive player in a long, long time, certainly since Sean Taylor, but at a more impactful position. And, you know, the talent around him is, we think, is better than it's performed. And if he does what Nick Bosa did last last year, and that is elevate all of the players around him, their defense got much better tonight. It certainly did on paper anyway. At any point in this process, did you even toy with the idea of the Redskins taking someone other than Chase Young? No. No, not not at not at number 2. You know, the conversations that we've all had about what would you take to trade back? For me, it was always something that, you know, ap- approximated like the RG3, you know, move up for the Redskins in 2012, if not more, and they weren't going to get offered that. So, this was the guy middle of the of the season last year that when it became apparent that, that the Redskins were just god-awful and they were going to be in the running for a top two or three pick, this was the guy I wanted. And then, you know, to be fair, I, I do think that if Joe Burrow had been a possibility for them, I would have gone quarterback at that point. But those are the two best players in the draft, and they couldn't get the first guy, and they got, you know, maybe the best defensive talent in years in the draft. With a guy like Chase Young, the hope, of course, isn't just that he provides sacks. It's that he's a havoc wreaker. He's a game changer. He's a guy who forces opposing offensive coordinators to scheme against him. Is Dexter Manley the last edge rusher who the Redskins had who fits that description? Yeah, he is. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because I was thinking in going back through old drafts, and they've actually drafted three players certainly two over the last 20 years that we thought had a chance to be, you know, true defensive, you know, uh, menacing game wreckers. And and one of them was LeVar Arrington. You know, a lot of us thought I did. I remember thinking Arrington was going to be the next Lawrence Taylor, you know, when they drafted him three overall. And I think, you know, there's a similar feeling with Chase Young. The comp isn't exactly Lawrence Taylor like it was, with Arrington back in 2000, but they also drafted Sean Taylor, and people knew that even though he was picked at five, that he had a chance to be a phenomenal safety. He was a big talent safety, just at a different position and a less impactful position. But I would say yes to your question. I mean, who else do you put into that category of Dexter over the years? Nobody. Um, and if you ended up with a with another Dexter Manley, you, you elevate everybody around you, too. I mean, you know, Charles Mann was a really good player. Charles Mann wouldn't have been Charles Mann without Dexter Manley. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. Al Galdi coming to you live here. Exclusive draft coverage for the Redskins on this night one of the 2020 NFL Draft. We are brought to you by Geico. Redskins taking Chase Young, as we all anticipated, with the number two overall pick. Jeffrey Okuda, the Ohio State corner, going three to Detroit. Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle out of Georgia, going at four. Miami Dolphins now currently on the clock. Kevin, when you hear about, okay, Nick Bosa, what he did for the Niners this past season, Chase Young potentially having that impact this season, is it plausible? Like, could you see that happening? Is it kind of a little too much? How do you sort of view that? No, I mean, I, I think there's no doubt that Nick Bosa made D Ford and DeForest Buckner and Armstead and all these guys much better, you know, than they were as a defense the year before. Now, keep in mind, they lost their quarterback the year before, and that's why they ended up with, you know, four wins or whatever it was. They weren't very good offensively. They put their defense into more difficult positions, but he really did elevate some decent talent. Like Armstead's really a talent. Buckner is the, you know, is really a talent. Um, and I think that, you know, what the Redskins and, and what Rivera and, and Del Rio are thinking is they're thinking that John Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis and Montez Sweat really flourish with, you know, a guy that's going to basically keep offensive coordinators up at night game planning for them. All right, the Dolphins pick is in. Okay, the pick has been announced. Well, I just announced it. My fault. I forgot. Yeah, you no, okay, no, we got it here. We got it. Okay, it is Tua. Tua. The Dolphins go Tua at number five. So the tank for Tua, Dolphins ended up falling all the way to five. They beat the Redskins, but they still end up getting Tua uh, at number five. But they wanted Burrow, you know, and, and you, we were just talking about the Redskins. Thank God they didn't win more games at the end of the year. Well, the Dolphins did win more games at the end of the year. And we've read here in recent days they offered Cincinnati a lot to get up to number one because Burrow was the guy in this yeah. draft, especially with the injuries to Tua. So Miami was doing a great job early in the season of tanking, and then they put Fitzpatrick in and they started winning games. And it cost them the quarterback that they really wanted, ultimately. Two is a great talent, but, you know, I think you and I have been in agreement on this. To me, too high risk. It's not the hip. It's the fact that he was always injured with something when he was at, at Alabama. And that would have been a real roll of the dice. And it's a roll of the dice for Miami, too. It is. I guess, you know, more palatable at five than, say, at number two hypothetical, if Chase Young didn't exist, but everyone else in this draft did, what do you think the Redskins would have done at number two tonight? But, but Haskins is on the team? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's a really good question. I, I don't know what they would have done. They probably would have been more open to trading back. You know, if somebody wanted to move up to get one of the quarterbacks and felt like they had to uh, – move up to get one of the quarterbacks. They may have been more willing to deal with a team like Atlanta, who, according to reports, you know, offered a boatload to move up to two. That's what I uh, – that seems to make the most sense to me. Or maybe they would have taken the best left tackle, you know, on the board because they obviously are going to have a need for that more likely than not. Um, But certainly a trade back would have been more in line. I think, Al, as long um, as – you know, I think Rivera took this job with sort of a, a an understanding that with Dan that 
Haskins was going to get the opportunity in 2020 to become the franchise quarterback. So I don't think they would have gone quarterback at two. Final moments with Kevin Sheehan. Kevin going to be on, of course, tomorrow morning, 6 to 9. And don't forget, Saturday morning, he'll be on 9 to noon talking about whatever the Redskins end up doing tomorrow night over rounds 2 and 3 of the draft. Uh, I know you talk to a lot of people. When it comes to Trent Williams, what's your best guess? Do you think a trade actually happens at some point over the next few days? I think it will. Um, I, I don't know anything, but I think it will, and I hope it happens. And then what I think will be very interesting is to see what the Redskins do at left tackle. You know, do they re-sign Donald Penn? Do they go after somebody like Jason Peters on a two-year deal at eight to nine million per year? You know, that I don't know why they would do that with a 38-year-old, but at the same time, you know, they picked up the option on Adrian Peterson and they brought in Thomas Davis. He likes mature guys. He wants to create a culture change here. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to happen. Um, I hope they get something approximating a second-round pick at least for him. Excellent. Kevin, thanks so much, man. We'll be listening tomorrow. All right, Al. Keep it up. I'll be listening. Right. Thanks. Thank you. Kevin Sheehan joining us here again. Kevin Sheehan show tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, followed by Doc and Goldie, myself and the DOC, 9 to noon. We are in the midst of the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. It has happened. The Redskins have selected Chase Young with the number two overall pick, Cincinnati taking Joe Burrow at one, Detroit going with Jeffrey Okuda, the corner out of Ohio State at three, the Giants at four take uh, Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, Miami at five, Stans Pat takes Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama, the Chargers now on the clock at six. So far, no real major surprises. If you want to couch Thomas going fourth to the Giants as a surprise, okay, but no trades are uh, anything like that, and, uh, you know, we'll see what ends up transpiring here. We'll keep you uh, up to date on the very latest. 